Hello and welcome to episode 141 of In The Move For Podcast. I'm Callum Reid. And I'm Peter Shepherd. And we're almost getting it to like a Kevin Peterson-style cricket score at the moment. 141, I not out. I think even he's not done that well recently, has he? <laughs> no. <laughs> to be honest. Um, we're recording this podcast quite early in the week because I'm going to America on Wednesday. It's alright for some. Indeed. Well, no, let's be honest though, you've been... About six countries. <laughs> oh, since you've been away, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you've done a circulation of the globe on this podcast. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so I'm wafting the dollars in front of my face right now. Oh, really? Is that what you're fanning that? yourself with? Fanning, yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> I was just thinking like Johnny Knoxville <laughs> at the end of Bad Grandpa. Oh, I didn't see that delay. Oh god! Oh, he's in the trailer. He's just like 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 spraying out the. Oh yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I really should see that eventually. You know what? It wasn't bad. <laughs> yeah, he liked it. I remember. <laughs> well, oh yeah, so it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. Do you have any non-film news? Non-film news. We don't really talk about any um German maniacs this week. No. No. Um, no, I think we can uh, skip the sporting gesture. It's all been boring because it's an international break, isn't it? It's w- weird because you miss it, don't you? Because mm. international football is pretty dire. Well, I don't time. watch it. Capello ruined uh, England matches for me outside of the main championships. Because mm. what was the point in winning the group if you're just going to be like, a terrible, complete steaming pile of excrement when you're actually in it? And then uh, Hodgson took over and did even worse and kept his job. Amazing. <laughs> okay, this week's news. Um, have you heard the news about One Direction? What, the, the lad left? Somebody's left. Yes. It's devastation. How it will really is. the world's female population survive? Oh, I believe that. <laughs> that was... <laughs> oh, God. No, isn't that what Ed, Sheer, well, Ed Sheeran's single now, so like all is right with the world. Who was he going out with? I've no idea. All is right with the world. <laughs> he can go back to being the odd one out on Grange Hill. <laughs> God. <laughs> the, la- the lab technician. Have you heard he's going on Home and Away? <laughs> what? He is, he's he's going to appear on Home and Away. He's probably going to end up marrying an Australian then. Hopefully he can stay out there if they can have him. <laughs> he, he couldn't cope with that climate. <laughs> that's, that's why I want him out there. <laughs> uh, we've got some news about Downton Abbey. The The Do next we? series of Downton Abbey will be the last series. Mm. So we can all but guarantee that uh, Maggie Smith will die. Yeah. In the show. Obviously. Yeah. He's... It's <laughs> <laughs> But um, no, we love Maggie Smith. Um, but it's like uh, it's it kind of feels like they should kill her. Mm. She needs that. She needs. She needs to die. She needs a great exit. 
Um, speaking of exits, Sam Taylor Johnson has exited the Fifty Shades of Grey sequels. Was she? That was never going to happen. Was she? Was she contracted? She wasn't contracted, but committed well, as term. However yeah. far a verbal commitment goes. Well, when you consider that she was saying she didn't want to know if she even wanted to make another film again because of how the author was on set. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a surprise. No. But she managed to do something interesting with it. I really hope they managed to get a uh, female to do the second one. Maybe um, Lorna Scherfake. <laughs> yeah, she's going, oh, yeah. God, the right club too. This time it's the, the Red Room. There's probably a red room in the right club. You never oh got that God. far. We'll cry shame I never saw that one. Um, Mad Max Fury Road. This is the Mad Max yes. reboot with Tom Hardy. Mm. Is going to screen out of competition at Cannes. Um, I haven't seen the Mad Max films. Have you? Um, bits. Of, no, I don't think I've actually seen one all the way through. Um, it wasn't really exactly... Um, Filling me with wild joy, any of them when I was younger. No, but it's um, it's the same director, so it's not like some hacks doing a mm. knockoff of it. Yeah. So it's one of those things where you kind of like, should I bother seeing the first couple? I the, wouldn't have thought so. The only thing that's getting me to maybe want to is the fact that Tina Turner's in one of them. Hmm. Hmm. But um, can often, well, these days, they usually have a uh, commercial. As long as it's not too commercial. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because this is yeah. like B-movie commercial. Mm. But they usually have one. One or two. The new um, Pixar film's probably going to be there. Mm. Oh, I missed the trailer for that today. I just got in just as it was um, happening. I still haven't seen actually, but and um, last bit of news this is so random um, Warner Brothers are negotiating with Bradley Cooper mm. for him to direct Beyonce in a remake of A Star Is Born oh. didn't she do that the other year with Green Girls <laughs> well Clint Eastwood was supposed to be doing this at one point but she really wants to get this made. And why? Why? I mean, this is <laughs> why? 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 I mean, A Star Is Born is basically was basically the story of Barbara Samwick, uh, essentially early on. Uh, that's what it was based on. Uh, and then you had the um, was it Irene Dunn in the first one? I can't remember who's someone. Janet Gaynor. Janet Gaynor, she's really good. Yeah, really good. And then, you, then of course, you're a completely different slant on it because it, with Judy Garland being the musical one but then it's just it's such an overdone one well yeah Streisand did it as well mm. but it's like I mean how many roles are there for women with prestige Single. you know yeah I suppose we should be at least but then again it's is it is it going to hold up in a modern story well, I don't think she can act, so that's going to be a problem. Unless this is a serious... Um, 
Well, if they're casting Beyonce, they obviously wanted to do the, the Judy Garland route and just sing on and be mainly about the performances. Yeah. But bro- what about Bradley Cooper's role in this? I've no idea. Well, maybe you can you know, think of a better title for it than Russell Crowe's done with his new film. That's next week. <laughs> that is a terrible title. Yeah, it really is. Okay, um, so we've got a little bit of Oscar trivia. I'm testing your knowledge here. Oh God! Oh, off the top of my head as well. <laughs> it's well, it's actually quite difficult uh, this question, but okay. it's, I, I thought it was quite interesting. So, Oscar, Oscar question: What are the three films since the 1930s? Yeah. Yes. To have won uh, the Best Picture Oscar mm-hmm. without a writing nomination. Crash. No, hang on. Um, without a writing nomination. Titanic. Yep. Um, it's going to be one of those um, ones where there was 10 uh, back in the day. Is, is it one from the, like the 30s? No. There's, oh, okay. um, there's one from the 40s and one from the 60s. 60s. Um, Casablanca. No, Casablanca must have got nominated. I know it got shafted for a few things. You can't have got shafted for the screenplay. No, it didn't. No. Uh, going My Way. No. Okay, that's, that's all I'm going to do on that one. <laughs> okay, well, the 40s, this is one that you like. Hamlet. Oh, okay. No yeah. uh, adapted screenplay nomination for Hamlet. Yeah. So that might be snobby writers. Or it might be just because you're using the original text and they don't think it's writing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the next one is a musical from the 60s. What, um, Dr. D- um, so Oliver? Nope. Dr. Doolittle? Nope. My Fair Lady? Nope. Possibly. It's the other one. It's the other one. Sound of Music? Yes, the Sound of Music. Really? Yeah, which that one's a bit... I wouldn't have guessed that one ever. No. You would think you said, well, obviously I just guessed it because you said it was a musical and I was like, name before that I could think of. But you would think it would more, have more respect than that. Yeah. Yeah. But, hmm. there you go. Hmm. Alright. Preconceptions? Yeah, this week we're doing Seventh Son, Get Hard, Wild Tales, and Cinderella. So, uh, what are your preconceptions for Seventh Son? Julianne Moore was in it. Yeah, that was all I knew. That and was that, it. That was enough to get me to see it. Yeah. And I knew it was some kind of fantasy, um, but I didn't really know much more than that. No, I hadn't, I hadn't seen the trailer. All I'd seen was like a poster for it and that Julianne was in it. And it didn't look, um, didn't look like it was going to be her finest hour, quite frankly. <laughs> um, She's had plenty. Get, yeah. Get Hard? Get Hard. Um, I saw this for two reasons. One is because you'd seen it. Mm. <laughs> May as well. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the second is I like Kevin Hart. Um, mm. I think he's funny. So this, he was the only draw because Feral, I mean, Feral has been funny in the past, but I think. A long time ago. Anchorman, the first one. Yeah, I think his choice of projects is uh, very iffy, to say yeah. the least. So. Land of the Lost. Yeah, exactly. Um, what was that one with? Is it 
what was that one where they're in the forest canoeing and stuff? Jack Black is Jack Black in it? Oh god, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Must have missed that one. Lots of terrible films, anyway. Uh, How about yeah. you? Um, well, uh, Get Hard. Um, I've read a um, critic a critic piece of it, uh, which Tim Roby had retweeted because he was interviewed for it. Right. It was it was criticizing uh, representations of ho- uh, homophobic representations in mainstream Hollywood film, basically. And uh, was slagging this film off for its uh, portrayal of uh, basically being about um, the fear of gay sex and uh, that uh, male male rape anxiety providing the bulk of the humour. Okay. So I went. So I went in there with that in mind. So yeah. it was a was a preconception. Okay. And uh, Kevin Hart, I don't like I mean, um, in this in the very little I've seen of him. Um, was it about last night? Yeah. I thought he was pretty insufferable in that. Um, Feral, I think he's fine. I think he tries a bit too hard at times, but I think he can be funny. Um, and I didn't. Uh, I had seen the trailer, and I did think the stuff of Feral, like pretending, uh, wearing all like, the Lil Wayne clothes, pretending to be black with all the gangsters, uh, could uh, could be funny. Uh, that it did make, it did make me chuckle watching the trailer. So I thought uh, I thought it had potential to be funny at the very least. Okay. Um, alright, how about The Wild Tales? Why didn't you see this? Uh, didn't have time, um, frankly, but um, <clears throat> Ricardo Darin, obviously, uh, it's a plus. Um, I, I, I'm not really a fan of uh, episodic uh, just uh, f- uh, f- films where you've just got six different people segments. Um, says the guy who loves chunking his breast. But there's two. But... Um, <clears throat> Uh, so the, the, I'd seen the trailer for it, and it looked, didn't really look like my sort of thing. It looked a bit. Uh, I was getting a bit more of a um, sort of like Greek surrealism, uh, dog toothish vibe. Not in terms of not in terms of the outra- outrageous. It's just in terms of the uh, dramas, the the, the the randomness and stemming from the uh, uh, anger of the characters. Uh, uh, but um, yeah, I, I probably would have seen this if it was at a decent cinema. Okay, I well, I knew it had been at Cannes last year. I got good reviews, got the nomination. Mm-hmm. I don't really have a lot of history of watching Argentinian cinema. Mm. I've seen, I can count probably count on one hand, The Headless yeah. Woman. Uh, Secret which, in their eyes. No, I've not seen that. All right. Um, Did so, you see La Antenna? La Antenna is very good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's amazing. Um, yeah, there's a basically if you take I think from up until the secret in their eyes uh, that that year it was uh, of the previous that year included of the, of the ten years Argentina had sent a Ricardo Darín film five times. Mm. Yeah, and they sent one again. Yeah, but um, I didn't really have any prior knowledge of him either. So, but I was pleased that this is was a comedy. Yeah. Um, preconceptions for Cinderella. Well, <laughs> well, uh, well <laughs> we like, know I'd, the story. <laughs> yeah, we do know the story. Yeah, I'd seen the uh, teaser and liked it. I liked the, um, the the look of it. So I've actually been interested in this film for probably about well, 
was but about November-ish. Right. When that, when that teaser hit. Yeah. Um, uh, I was. Uh, I knew Ken Branagh had directed. I knew uh, uh, HBC was, which wasn't. I think Sleuth was interestingly directed. His remake of that. Definitely. Uh, yeah. Agree. Um. So it, I was interested to see what he would do with it. I was hoping it wasn't going to be more any sort of Thor <laughs> type uh, area. Um. Yeah. But um, HBC playing the fa- uh, uh, fairy godmother was plus Blanchett looked potentially delicious playing the uh, evil stepmother. Uh, I didn't know. Um, I, I didn't know. Slash couldn't remember anybody else who was in it uh, in the youngsters. Okay, and the story. I think the story on paper is fine. The animated film is is pretty good. Um, but Cinderella is a bit of a pushover. Yeah. As a character, um, Ken Branagh. I really liked Sleuth. I actually prefer it to the original, mm. and. That's probably because of his direction. Really makes it interesting. Um, Thor's okay. Uh, you saw that other one he directed. Was it Jack Ryan? Shadow Recruit. I keep forgetting that film existed. <laughs> <laughs> Which is probably the worst thing you can say about a film. Right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, so he was, you know, he wasn't a negative directing. Lily James, uh, who's the lead, I know from Downton Abbey. I really like her in Downton Abbey, so it was nice to see her in something a bit bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, Very big. Yeah, and Kate Blanchett, everyone loves an evil uh, villainess, mm-hmm. so I was hoping for good things there. Mm. Interesting. Right, so uh, tell me about Seventh Son then. Seventh Son, uh, this is takes place centuries ago um, in a realm, it may be. I'd, it could be Middle Earth, it could be supernatural, it could be whatever. I don't know. Mm. It's a realm. Mm. Um, a supernatural um, kind of ghost witch hunter named Master Gregory, who's Jeff Bridges, right. uh, has defeated Mother Malkin, who's Julianne Moore, who's a malevolent witch who has um, terrorised the land. Now she's managed to escape imprisonment all these years later, and she's thirsty for revenge as you are as you are she summons her followers and one of which include uh her sister is do you remember the woman from man of steel who plays superman's mother uh oh yeah 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 vaguely yeah yeah include includes her and alicia vikander who is julianne's niece in everything this year so much um so Julianne summoned her followers and she's preparing to unleash her wrath. Um, so tw- Twitter exists in um, this realm for centuries ago then? <laughs> her followers, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Master all Greg... She does is, all she does is tweet about the New York Knicks and... <laughs> oh, does she? <laughs> yes. That's actually quite cool. <laughs> Um, so Jeff Bridges uh, is after her, but his apprentice has died. So he he has to travel to find the seventh son of the seventh son, <laughs> who is Ben Barnes. Oh dear! Um, and he becomes his new apprentice, and they have until the next full moon um, to tackle in the, most, in the most Hansel and Gretel witch hunters of ways. 
Did you see that? No, it was on TV the other day and I caught about 20 minutes of it. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> <laughs> most unlikeliest romance ever, by the way. Really? Oh, are they sisters? The sister and brother, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, it's okay. Um, <laughs> so. Either way, it's wrong. <laughs> yeah. So they have to take. They have until the next full moon to defeat Julianne. And this has come from the director of Mongol. Okay. Which, yeah. I did it get the nomination? Yeah, and it was, well, my um, my cinematic experience was rather interesting, but I won't go there. Um, Why? Um, there was um, a disabled bloke who uh, was basically losing his um, uh, mind at the uh, at the front, so he was like, moaning a lot, and like, a couple of people complained, but it actually sort of like added to this sort of Randomness of, of the film Mongo. <laughs> when you just got something going Aah! all the time. <sighs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so this guy is called Sergei Bodrov. Yeah, yeah. And um, Tom Hooper's got nothing on this guy. This I know. is Tom Hooper, <laughs> Le Miz territory here. Like, this is. It starts, it's so over the top. Is this what Mongol was like? Yeah. Yeah. You've got Mongol's this... one of the worst uh, foreign language nominations ever. It's just... It's really? Three out of ten tops. It's not a good film. Oof. Um, is, what is it, Genghis Khan or something? Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like my worst nightmare. But this guy, it's, it's just... It starts and it's a flashback to Julianne, you know... Um, Winning the Oscar. Impr- no, sadly. Imprisoned, you know, and escaping. Imprisoned on a, on a, in a dress rehearsal, in a non-dress rehearsal for a Chekhov play. <laughs> in a denim jacket. Yeah. Um, God, the with fashion. Bro- with, with Brooke Smith. <laughs> you know, um, that's like Vanya, we're talking about Vanya on 42nd Street. Yeah. It's like one of those auditions that Joey goes to in Friends. Yes, that's what it looks it's good. Like. Yeah. Except it's good. <laughs> anyway, um so it's this you've got like swooping camera work, it's like there's like a fast forward like uh Madonna Ray of Light video, fast mm. forward shot of the ages passing. Yeah. Between um Julianne's slow um incurrence of wrath. And then it's just it's got deafening sound and then it starts in the present and there's the most elaborate crane shot to start. So it's like Orson Welles' Touch of Evil. Oh, God. Or he thinks it is, you know. Yeah, he wishes. down into the village. It's just ridiculous. Overdirected within an inch of its life. Exactly. Um, but, I mean, probably more is more with this mm. film. Yeah, more because is- there's no- he hasn't got much going for it, I take it, though. Not, not really, no. Um, Jeff Bridges is the witch hunter, um, witch finder general. Yeah. Of the... <laughs> du jour. His <laughs> <laughs> um, his vocal is... Oh, my God. It's a, it, he can be very poor, actually, uh, with his uh, when he's trying to do a weird accent. All I can think to compare it to is V in V for Vendetta. Oh, God. It's it, 
Yeah, it's terrible. And it's obviously overdubbed. Yeah. Because he probably just mumbles it in the film and nobody would be able to understand what he's talking about. So he's got these really eccentric old man mannerisms and like sort of Confederate soldier like in the way that he's going about things. And um sort of like the uh martial arts teacher from Kill Bill. Yes. You know, he's got this horrible mustache thing. It's awful. It's sort of like it's Eddie Redmayne Jupiter Ascending level mm. of like diabolical Bad. but still quite without watchable. The... Oh, oh but okay, I was you gonna say without the camp value. <laughs> well yeah, not too. Mm. <laughs> um but yeah, it's just, it's sort of like when you consider this is five years after uh, True Grit. Yeah. And it's Would a you... similar outlaw character, you know. It just feels really misjudged. Mm. It's more like giver level, you know. Mm. Um, And it's, I mean, Julianne's got no character really. She's got no motivation beyond evil. Why do you think she wanted to do it? Because she usually has a... Even with Julianne's lesser... uh, Well, lesser... Misfires, I can see kind of why she'd want to do it if there's like a strong mother-child bond. uh, Um, Like the Forgotten, I can see why she'd want to do that. I can definitely see why she'd want to do the Forgotten because the Forgotten's half interesting. Mm. It's like this... This is interesting in that it's not funded by America as far as I'm aware. Mm. I think it's all kind of China or Russia. Yeah. And China have definitely got a hand in it anyway. Mm. Um, maybe it looks she... Chinese from the marketing. Yeah. So I think maybe she thought well this isn't too commercial. It's it's an interesting story. It is a bit different from what you've seen before. You know, you don't really get a lot of films about witchcraft anymore. Um mm. It's all mainly superhero that comes out now, or, or vampires, or vampires, um, and witchcraft has its interest. So maybe she she just thought, well, I'll do that, and she'd just done a film about Alzheimer's. She probably thought, well, born for the paycheck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no shame in that. <laughs> well, she probably didn't get paid that much either because it's it's not yeah. a huge budget, but um. The best thing about this is Alicia Vikander because she's got to act opposite Ben Barnes. Oh, poor girl. The plank that is Ben Barnes. Did you ever see the Dorian Gray that he did? No. Well, he's supposed to be shallow, isn't he? (laughs) (laughs) What I was most surprised by is the fact that he's 33, Ben Barnes. Really? He looks a lot younger. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, she manages to half-sell the chemistry with him because um, they've got this affair going on, even though she's the niece of Julianne. Mm. Um, you've got the mentor-mentee relationship between him and Bridges, which is pretty weakly played out. There's some really convenient plotting, like Ben Barnes' mother turns out to be to hold this special pendant, you know, that's sought after by Julianne. It's all a bit wishy-washy and there isn't enough of a idea about what the world they live in is like and the characters around it. Mm. Um, 
and it's just like it just makes you long for something like beautiful creatures yeah which can do this uh, kind this genre right and doesn't take itself seriously but it's not laughably bad at the same time uh, I know you said about 47 Ronin I was thinking about 47 Ronin earlier actually when you were talking about it because it looks like it on the posters it looks similar visually mm. but you said 47 Ronin went so far into bad that it <laughs> worked its way at the end yeah, it, it goes in uh, directions. Uh, it, try, it goes in more lyrical directions, actually. Forty Seven Ronin. Um, hmm. So it's, it's a bit more interesting than you might have thought. Right. Um, but this is just. I, it's. I would say I really didn't like Noah. Mm. Um, Who did? No. <laughs> I'd. Well, you did. <laughs> I didn't really like it. I think it was like six out of ten or something. <laughs> but it's. This film, I'd rather watch it again than Noah, but mm. if I'm comparing grades, I can't give it any more than I gave Noah, mm. because it, I just think it, it is messy and uh, random and um, restlessly it's, made. It's like a, it's like a, a, a dodgy Saturday Night Hooker. <laughs> in, what, in what way? <laughs> messy and dodgy and randomly made. <laughs> D plus. Oh dear. Right. Okay. So, onwards and upwards. With the t- well, let's hope so. <laughs> get Hard. Uh, so, this is me, I take it. Yeah. Uh, get Hard is about um, Will Ferrell, who is playing a uh, Wall Street type uh, investment banker who has who is like the star of his company. He's marrying the boss's daughter. And uh, all all things are going swimmingly for him until one day he's arrested for um, uh, securities fraud, uh, even though he hasn't done it. And uh, he's uh, given he doesn't take the plea bargain and uh, decides to have his day in court and ends up getting ten years for it. He then uh, employs the uh, Kevin Hart, who's, who plays the bloke who washes his car. Um, yeah, uh, and has done for years. He employs Hart because he assumes, as Hart is black, that he must have been in prison. Uh, so he employs Hart to uh, teach him how to survive in jail and by survive, not get raped. And that is the main focus. I mean, shall we start with this? Mm. And I don't think this film's terrible, exactly. Mm. But um, it's it is all about the fear of... Uh, Rape. The fear of compromised masculinity rather than a loss of freedom. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> so everything's all about looking, being humiliated as a man, mm. either by being penetrated or by being beaten up or stabbed. Yeah. And it's not really about the implications of losing what he has. No. Which is... and, But to be fair, I think the film at least commits to that. This title of the film is yeah. sort of tongue in cheek. Mm. I don't well, think there's any intent to hide it. No, put it that way. No, um, and I think reading that the, the piece that was uh, about it, they were saying how I mean, there's a scene in this film uh, where um, you've already seen like the casual racism from uh, film four. And I, I'm absolutely fine with that in terms of I mean, you see stuff uh, in terms of being used for humour because 
you see it in things like Thirty Rock, um, where um, uh, Tina Fey um, confuses all the, the black guys who work there. Isn't it? It's because it's making it's making her look bad. That's why I think it's okay that it's funny. Um, but um, uh, with this, there's a scene later on where um, uh, Hart tries to get uh, Feral to say a certain derogatory term. Yeah, and the, uh, he's he's so uh, the. The, the, the way that Feral acts it is just like he's just re- really uncomfortable with it in a sort of like I'd never think of saying this kind of way and I think I suppose that was the problem that the piece has is that it goes so it goes takes far more care trying not to offend uh, uh, the, the on the race issue rather than the sexuality issue but I I don't know uh, I, it, it is homophobic there's no getting around it yeah it is and it's the thing is, I was thinking about this while watching it. It would be all right if the film tried more to criticize the audience hmm. that it's pretty much seeking or that it's going to get hmm. to kind of to take the piss out of uh, the heterosexual to, male's fear. Yeah, to make Feral look ridiculous for having this. Uh... For having this hanger. Yeah. Also, uh, I think 21 Jump Street does this quite successfully hmm. um, with the whole bromance thing, which gets to potentially sexual levels and then is retreated from. I think it's, I think it's like, <laughs> it, <laughs> what? It takes the piss out of that. Again, it, it we're, we're, out on, of the fear. we're on the Saturday night, it's potentially sexual levels. <laughs> About Saturday night. Uh, but it's like um, it's 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 the sequel. It's Kevin Hart again. Yeah. <laughs> it it just hasn't got that other level um, no. self self it parody. It hasn't got that it. nuance. No. But having said that, there is something interesting about the fact that Kevin Hart has to play up to a stereotype that he doesn't belong to. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I th- I do like that side of it actually. In that, uh, I think Hart. The fact that he's not not he's not a tough guy, mm. and he's pretending to be one, but he's only a tough he's only even slightly like that because Feral hasn't got a clue. So I quite I, I quite like that um, uh, the way that dynamic plays out. And of course, then when you see Hart with all the real tough guys, um, it's so obvious. <laughs> it's so yeah. obvious. Yeah, exactly. He does that really well. Mm. Um, but it's just. I think, like, when you get onto the basic storytelling level, mm. it's really bad. Mm. Um, and that's what lets it down. I just think it doesn't try hard enough to make this kind of thing convincing. Every other character, even though it's got this racial element to it, that's quite interesting, even though it's going there with the um, the gayness, even if I don't particularly agree with it, or most mm. of it, mm. on a... You know, plot-wise, every other character um, is terrible. Yeah. Um, the w- poor Alison Brie, my God. Yeah. That is the one of the worst female characters in the film I've seen in a long time. Yeah, it's uh, unbelievably two-dimensional. Yeah, it's demeaning. I because why is she with him? Her dad's got so much money. Yeah. Why does she need to be with Will Ferrell? Because she wants a big house, a bigger house. <laughs> it just, it just really, it's terribly sexist. Mm. 
I can see why this film could provoke that kind of article that Tim Robey. Um, well, Tim Robey was interviewed for it, and he said that basically the stereotypes, the the uh, the gay pickup lunch uh, scene was like one of the was this, you wouldn't even see that sort of like thing in the in cruising. <laughs> he actually quoted it. He actually <laughs> mentioned cruising. Cruising's bad. Yeah, it is not good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was bad. That, um, was about, that was about fear of fisting. <laughs> There's the podcast title. <laughs> fear of fisting. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I did think some of this was funny. I'm not, uh, uh, I did chuckle every now and again. I thought the um, the hip-hop montage, I think that, that that's where it sort of like turned a corner for me when he, when he starts um, uh, trying to befriend the um, uh, the gangs. I think I think it got I think it got better then. I think until then it was really not funny. Uh, at all. The, it was just like the, the only occasional thing. Like the best. Like, I really. The, go on. The, the way he's pretending to be the different people in the prison yard. Yes. I thought that was great. I was really funny. I like the um, when he's running down the plot run the plot rundown of uh, Boys in the Hood. Yeah. <laughs> So I hadn't, do, I hadn't do you want to tell it. him about the time that nice white lady tried to turn you into an offensive tackle? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I don't think... I mean, I think a lot of what Farrell does doesn't isn't that funny. A lot no. of the physical stuff. No. Um, but you do end up kind of liking him in the end, which I thought was nigh on impossible from the mm. beginning. Yes. Um... What do you think about John Mayer? Oh, I don't really know who he is to begin with, but it's an awful, awful... It's the low point of the film. Yeah. That kind of, the, the song? The, yeah, it's just... No. Yeah. He can't be getting paid that much. It's proper... I mean, the guy sold millions of albums. He doesn't need to be in this, you know, no. position. No. Um, and... The, just the main problem... The pro... It's sort of like you're kind of waiting for them to resolve the fraud thing. Yeah. Which you know that it's going to eventually. Mm. But they could have made a bit more effort there and it's all a bit wishy-washy at the end. Craig, Craig Nelson's just... No. He's, a good, he's a good actor, but he's got he's got nothing to do with it. Is he the villain? Yeah, the yeah. dad. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I like the uh, main Russell guy plays Russell. Yeah, who yeah, thought yeah. he was good. That that was probably Farrell's best moment describing him as such a charismatic leader. He reminds me of a young Ronald Reagan. <laughs> Dear. Yeah. Um, what did you say? The Ambrosia of that was. I don't know what that was. I thought that was quite amusing. The, the, I think I think the bit where I think I actually pinpointed this where, the, where Farrell's character tends to turn around is when he's like uh, analysing hip hop uh, from a uh, from a, like a cultural perspective. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because it shows that he actually does have some interesting thoughts on the subject rather than or insightful thoughts as opposed to just like dismissing it, which most people of his of his background would. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I think like I just I, I didn't like the film, um, but it's more 
I, I admire that it deals with uh, cultural stereotypes, racial stereotypes, but um, I think just as in terms of plotting, I just think it's really, really shoddy. And, um, it is. So, C-. minus. Yeah, so this is the borderline between 4 and 5 out of 10. I can't really decide if this is average or below average. Yeah. I think for, for a Will Ferrell film, it's average. Um, but I think um, there's a lot of... Um, uh, you sort of like Celeste and Jesse Forevers, or what's the one with um, uh, Adam Brody, where he's like the uh, the best uh, friends with friends with kids. Yeah, friends with kids. I think this. I think those are both in the sort of like three star, six out of ten level for me. And I don't think this is really near it. Cause I think in general, the just the general plotting is a lot worse. So I think it probably is a four out of ten, but it's only just. It's uh, it's not terrible. I agree with you. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, Wild Tales. Wild Tales. Now, I'll be brief-ish on this. Um, okay. Basically, it's an anthology film. Yeah. Um, six different stories. It's set, IMDb says six stories about distressed people. Um, Is that it, a stretch? It's a... Yeah, it's a narrow way of... You know, it's a pretty vague way of... Uh, summarising it, but I'd say it's more about social situations uh, in which people unravel um, and the extreme behaviour that can derive from that. So, this has been getting some controversy. Have you heard about this? Uh, no. Because the first scene of the film uh, begins where loads of people are on a plane Mm. Oh. Two of them are talking. Um, they realise that they both know a guy. Um, this guy was the boyfriend of this woman, and um, the other guy on the plane was the music critic who trashed um, a symphony of okay. the guy they both know. Yeah. Um, so some woman overhears him on the. Pl- this is like a three-minute thing at the beginning. It's not a proper segment. It's just the intro. Um, so a woman overhears him and says that she knows the guy too everything filters back throughout the plane everyone knows him and then the stewardess says that the guy's the cabin chief on the flight Right. so basically he's orchestrated that everyone is on this flight and he crashes the plane so it does have slight um, connections to recent events uh, but they didn't really hold off on releasing the film. No. But I don't know if there's. I mean, I don't know if there's a similar example to a film being stopped being released because. Gone, it, baby, gone. What was that? Madeline McCann. Was it? Yep. And it ended up being stupid because they just said, "Look, what they don't understand is that a film like that is released, and then four weeks later, it's forgotten about." Yeah. Well, especially something like this, which is a small film. Mm. Not that many people are going to see it anyway. No. And, uh, you know, I think the the scene's funny. You know, it's funny. It was funny when I saw it. It's funny now. It's mm. not changed because of what's happened. You know, it's a freak situation, what's happened. It doesn't really impact or inform on what was already in the film. 
Yeah. Because it's a lot about the tone of the film. It's a lot about the acting. So, I don't know. I think you can be too hypersensitive and you can make an issue of things um, in art that don't need to be brought up. You know, I'm talking about news. Mm. Um, but it's that the entire film, it's very off the wall. So it's got, I don't know if you'd like it or not. Mm. Maybe you wouldn't. It's it just, mm. It's got, what I will say for it, I like the film. What I will say for it is it always carries an element of surprise. Right. So you're never quite sure where it's going, which is great. And um, it's the kind of crown pleaser that would appeal to DVD watchers in the Academy. Yeah, <laughs> which I think is what how it's managed to. Would, get. would it do well at the Leeds Film Festival? It would do well at the yeah, not as not as well as the Hunt, but you know. Obviously, because I mean, how can you do a Thomas Hardy adaptation without him? <laughs> don't, um, don't. <laughs> um. So there's several segments. One uh is to do with a wedding that goes wrong because the bride finds out that the groom has cheated on her during it. Right. One is about a uh, hit and run accident and the attempts to cover it up. One is a about a guy who uh, gets a parking ticket and um, slowly unravels uh, from the fury of getting the ticket because the, the road wasn't painted yellow and um, ends up losing all that he's worked for and lived for um there's another one involving a waitress who um somebody comes into a restaurant one day who's a loan shark who caused the suicide of a father so it's like different situations that people are presented with and the extreme ways that they deal with it mm. like michael douglas and falling down <laughs> oh god i hate that film <laughs> But yeah, kind of. <laughs> but it's the best one is the wedding. Um, there's also a road rage one, which is really good. Um, and it's it is the fact that the worst, most darkest, vindictive nature in people can just be brought out, and you know, civil people could just turn into crazy people. It's sort of like when you when you hear about. Um, people being trampled on, on a sale like a Primark sale or something mm. and you think and um, just things like that like people at football matches where you, you're in situations where you wouldn't act yeah, normally any, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know where you just lose all regard for things that you normally treat importantly you know basic human courtesies yeah because you just got to abuse Lee Bowyer verbally Or physically, it's getting dire. <laughs> Wasn't that a treat? Oh, God. <laughs> Actually, Kieran Dyer got off worse there, I think. Mm. Um, but yeah, Darreen is in the worst segment, which is a shame. Mm. Because it's the one that's less melodramatic. Well, not less melodramatic, just different. Treated differently, it's a lot serious, more serious than the rest of them. It feels like it's in a different film of its yeah. own, you know, and it's it's sort of you can't really buy it at all. 
Um, he's good, but you just can't really buy the character and you can't really buy the, um, the way that his life just suddenly unravels for no real reason. Yeah. Um, but it's very, very funny. Uh, consistently funny, consistently interesting. Uh, I think it's one that's won out because of its uniqueness rather than anything else. Right, okay. And it's, you know, it's easy to watch. But so although I think Leviathan and Ida are a lot better, this is um this is I think it's worthy. Mm-hmm. So it's a B for Wild Tales. Good stuff. Right. So Cinderella is <laughs> Do we need uh, the plot? <laughs> yeah. It is a very uh, faithful uh, telling of the Dis- Disney story that uh, everybody just uh, and their mothers and their sisters and brothers have grown up on. Uh, it follows uh, sin- uh, a girl called Ella, whose uh, parents are Ben Chaplin and Hayley Atwell. Uh, they both, at various points in the proceedings, get offed, and uh, she finds herself uh, living with her uh, stepmother, Kate Blanchett, and her two stepsisters, who uh, treat her increasingly uh, as a maid rather than a member of the family. And before she knows it, uh, she's just in uh, domestic non-bliss, uh, all on her Jean Todd. Um, one day she happens upon uh, a young man uh, played by Richard Madden in the forest mm. on, a, on a steed. Isn't that life's dream? Isn't it? <laughs> and uh, it turns out uh, that he is uh, the uh, prince of the realm. More realms, but outside of Seven Sun this week. And um, <laughs> uh, he has got to choose uh, a princess to, uh, to uh, wed. Uh, he's been forced by his dad, the king, Derek Jacobi, to do this. And by the king, I mean literally in the story of the king. I mean, I know Jacobi's awesome. Uh, and uh, but uh, so he, because he wants to see uh, uh, Ella again, uh, he opens up the ball to anyone who can come, and Helena Bond Carter ensues. Doesn't she just in full she look grace in full she regale? Well, Doesn't after look... the makeup, yeah, yeah, oh, not the beginning, yeah, <laughs> yeah. In the um, billboard ads, she looks a bit like Katy Perry. <laughs> I was like, surely Katy Perry's not in Cinderella. No. Um, it's very traditional. And just, I just want to start, because I like the film, I just want to start by bitching a little bit okay. about the actual story. Right. Is it, is it me or is the glass slipper a complete plot hole in the story? Yes, I was thinking that as I was watching it, because how does it exist after 12 o'clock? Exactly. <laughs> But it's the only thing that she didn't actually make out of something else. Yeah, but she still changed the dress, and she the other dress, uh, you know, she changed yeah, the shoes, she, and the dress yeah. went back. Didn't she take off the shoes, and then she just then they, they, they just turned up on her feet? I'm sorry, trying to find logic in this. <laughs> <laughs> well, all she had to say was the fairy godmother. All the fairy godmother had to say was, "You can keep the shoes." When she goes off to the ball. Yeah. You don't really have to explain it, and that would explain it indirectly. Also, nobody, the fact that nobody at the ball can recognise her as well, I also find is a huge stretch. But those are grim problems. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But what do you think about, do you think it's wise to be uh, traditional with this kind of thing? I think it is wise to be traditional because. Who's going to want to go and see this? I mean, 
you, the people who are going to want to go and see this are parents who are taking their kids primarily, so they're going to want they're going to want it to do what it says on the tin. Yeah. The second thing, uh, people sort of target audience is going to be women in their sort of like twenties, thirties, whatever, forties maybe, who grew up loving Disney films and eat, and eat this stuff up for breakfast, so they want it to be traditional too. Um. And uh, so I don't think you really need to have anything too particularly radical. Um, I quite like in this how gradual the uh, it's not just it's not it's not two D. How suddenly uh, they they're evilly uh, uh, just forcing her to do all this stuff. Even though, even though especially the sisters are very uh, two two dimensionally drawn, I think the actual way that um, uh, the sort of descent for Cinderella into that um, dynamic is a little more nuanced than I was probably expecting uh, Agreed, yeah. And ditto with uh, Kate Blanchett as well. Mm. Um, Because there's more to that character than there has been before. Because it's... You know, because when they introduce her, they introduce her as a widow who uh, Cinderella's father marries. And when you you know that she's a widow, you think, oh, hold on, is she off the husband? (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm. Um... Then later they kind of say, she says herself that he was the light of her life, her first husband, and that she resented having to marry for money rather than love. Yeah. And I think there's, it's good that there's more depth there, and it's, I think Blanchett does does quite well with when she says the girl means nothing to me, and you kind of get a hint that she does, but you're not really sure why she does. Mm. Um, But I think Blanchett gets across, maybe not completely, but just the desperation of being penniless and the need to, mm. you know, be uh, in high social standing. But yeah. Truth be told, I was a little disappointed with the performance, just because I was expecting it to be uh, just really like Street Devil Wears Prada over, over yeah. the top. Uh, that's what I was expecting. Well, when she um, has that attic scene, it's a bit like the scene in The Devil Wears Prada where she says um, Meryl's getting a divorce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not, you know, you want it to be so much better than that. Like, mm. Mm. Uh, what do you think of uh, the uh, the main couple, uh, the chemistry? Good. I thought Lily James was really good in the lead. She reminded me of um, a young Jessica Lang, actually. Wow, is that good? Well, yeah, well... well, well <laughs> Not not Jessica Lang when she's just being insufferable and screaming her head off, but uh, I think I think it just looks what I mean. I don't think she's quite got the um, a little bit tootsie-ish, I suppose. She has some nice reactions, but it's uh, it's again like you say, it's a doormat character. So you just basically got to pitch how nice, like um, Tom Hanks in Forrest Gump. You got to all he had what was the line Barry Norman said all all Hanks had to do was uh, pick how dumb he wanted to make Gump and then make sure he didn't forget it. Um, it's, but it's like they try and anchor the whole character with this, what her mother told her, mm. like have courage and be kind. Mm. And it doesn't really make sense. I mean, no. you know, she, she can be kind, but why does she have to be a, a pushover? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, true, true. True that. True that. You said that you said that better than Will Ferrell would have. 
Oh dear. I think for me, uh, if I'm being um, hyper picky on this, um, I thought the score was a bit Downton Abbey. The one episode of Downton Abbey, I thought that bloody score didn't stop. <laughs> I thought uh, the, the music was a bit too overdone. I think um, it takes a while. While I do like, I did appreciate the uh, uh, the gradualness of the uh, plotting. I did think it took a very long time to actually get where it wants to go. Um, but um, yeah. there, there are some really nice flourishes. But the scene where he dances with her, where he, Bran is just letting the dress do the work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I th- my favourite sequence was where she flees from the palace. Yes. And all of the things are t- changing back to the original mm. states. It's just really, really well done. The visual effects in that scene. Mm. Um, it's just really it's kind of good to make a like a cheat chase peril sequence out of something that it's actually pretty tame in the book mm. you know I mean uh, what do you think what do you think about the costume design actually I think she's gonna take bit some beating at the Oscars I mean I think it's it's great costume design the Blanchett's first dress is awesome yeah the, yeah when she with the cane I yeah. think it's I think it's easily because I don't I mean, I'm much more of a Colleen Atwood kind of guy than Sandy Powell. Yeah. Uh, but I think um, and I, when you, if if I look down at Sandy Powell's nominations and wins, I'm thinking really, really well, the, the Aviator is really good. Yeah. But um, but that all that all that said, uh, I think stuff. I think all the stuff for her. For, for 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 Lily James and Kate Blanchett was really good. I think the stuff for the um, uh, sisters was a bit too Tim Burton. And I think the men's costume design because it's not just about the dresses. No. I think I think the men's costume design, um, not just. I think sometimes it, when you're dealing with soldiers, that it stuff can look too new uh, to be, uh, be believable. And I realise that you're dealing with affluent people. And I realise it's a fantasy, but I, I just I, th- I think uh, the, the Main female characters, costume design fit the characters and felt more believable for them rather than the men's. Yeah, agree. Um, it it was also it's not as good as Mirror Mirror. No, no, which was no. similar uh, similar theme, you know, mm. but way more artful. Mirror Mirror. Yes, but I do like the production values in general. Yes, like it looks, look not, looks nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, makeup's good. Makeup's really good, Helena. Not it's not too much. It could have been. It could have been ghastly. For the hag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then they made it look amazing. So. <laughs> and they're Blanchett. They're just drawing on Dietrich for her, weren't they? Dietrich, how do you mean? The close-ups and the um, what do you call it? The veil uh, from terms of the hats. Yeah. Uh, used shadow. Uh, so they're very much making it like a thir- like the th- thirties movie Glamour. star look, yeah. Yeah, I think that worked though. Mm. Um, yeah, I like this. I and mean, it was a fun, it was a fun version. Yeah, I was. It was some, I was telling people that I was seeing it before, and I, I just it'll be harmless. Yeah, and it was. Yeah, not exciting, but um, certainly. No. Certainly, very uh, well done. 
So I'm giving it a B. Yeah, I'm going to give this um, 6 out of 10. And I think at least half of that star is for Richard Madden. Because I think without him being as nice, which I'm amazed at considering a promise. I mean, I thought he was good in a promise. Oh but... God, it's him. Yeah. He was good I... in a promise. He was good in a promise, but he was quite cold and closed off. Whereas he shows a completely different side to his acting here. He is very warm, very likeable. Uh, a nice, a nice presence, and I think um, without him, um, it, I think that's even kind of more important than uh, hers because uh, uh, you could, uh, if if the guy was just like if he just suddenly had Chris Pine and putting his shirt on the top of a waterfall. <laughs> no, it's very well cast in general. I think. Cool. Mm. All right. Um, okay, so we're gonna do Shag Mario Kill. Uh, yes, well, I'm going to shag uh, Wild Tales because uh, of the two that, that I didn't see. That's the one I want to. I would, poof, yeah, I'd kill Get Hard and uh, marry Cinderella, but it's. Um, I don't think I particularly want to watch Cinderella every week in the rest of my life. <laughs> It'd be easier than watching Get Hard. Yeah, uh, I agree. I would marry Cinderella. I, I would probably kill. Seventh Son mm. and uh, Shag Wild Tales. Mm. Mm. Uh, okay, so the position. Interesting week. Mm. Right. Okay, get hard. Alison Brie, who I don't really know. Um, at the beginning, I always said yes, but I'm thinking it might be a Saldana. Right. What for performance or character? Character. This character is just so despicable. But no, I, no, I'll go with the beginning. Over oh, um, so Yeah, so she's pushed into second straight away. That didn't last long, did it? Um, it's so sort of, it's sort of like you've got Jennifer Love Hewitt in Heartbreakers. Mm, That's oh a yes, right? Oh my god, perfection. And she's despicable, kind of, at the beginning. Yeah. But yeah. No, it's Jennifer Love Hewitt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Cinderella. Um, I want to. Um, uh, Hathaway, Hayley Atwell for being blonde, but it's just I can't justify it in any way, shape, or form. No, you can't. Um, uh, not a, uh, Holiday Granger um, normally would be a yes, but I'm, uh, that one uh, I'm, it's a com- it's a to say do slash uh, Saldana combo. What's who is she? She was uh, the redhead uh, uh, sister. She was in um, uh, she played, she was in the Great Expectations uh, with. Uh, uh, the, uh, the film of the year. Um, HBC. Poof, no. <laughs> um, poor man's Jessica Lang. Um, Ouch. <laughs> yeah, but it's Jessica Lang. I think by the end she won me over. <laughs> <laughs> so what? It was so, the singing that did it, clearly. Yeah, um, and Blanchett. Uh, not. Maybe in the shipping news, not anymore. Um, so, yeah, fourth. Uh, the position is fourth. <laughs> fourth again. Mm. Okay. Outside the medals, she's like... Um, well. She's like Philip Sadoo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, seventh son. Ben Barnes is a no. Mm. There's nobody else in the film. Wild Tales, um, there's a, the groom, 
in the wedding sequence is played by Diego Gentile, and he is a yes. Okay. Cinderella, Richard Mann is a no, although perfectly lovely. Yeah, yeah, but it's Garrett, so it's a, it's a high bar. Exactly. And Get Hard, Kevin Hart is very nice, um, but no. Mm. So, 2.0? 2.0 on the range. Mm. On the gauge. Mm. Alright, so we have a website, it's moveforpodcast.com, we're on Twitter at moveforpodcast, Facebook in the moveforpodcast, you can see our schedule for April there shortly, um, mm. all the, the jam-packed stuff in April, and um, you can ask us a question and see all of the grades we've given this year, Pete has yet to give a seven. No, oh, it's, yeah, actually I thought it's, I had... We're a quarter of the way through the year. You've not given a seven yet. You gave Contiki an eight, but that yeah, that's not count. really this year. So. No, it isn't. No, you're right. Um, but it's not like I've been this um, fountain of negativity. <laughs> no. <laughs> the sprinkler of sadness. <laughs> Again, back to my Saturday nights. <laughs> Speaking of which, next <laughs> week the water... Diviner. Oh, God. <laughs> now, how does one divine water? Oh, God. Is this a technique? I don't know. What, what does it mean? What does I it despair. all mean? I despair. I really do. I can't believe it's taken this long for Russell Crowe to make a film. I mean, he's it's like the one of the most vain people. It's the size of his ego, of. yes. Yeah. Um. So, this, the plot of this film... An Australian man travels to Turkey after the Battle of Gallipoli to try and locate his three missing sons. Mm, I've seen the trailer. However, Jai Courtney is in it. And really? Olga Kurilenko is in it. I saw that Olga was in it. So That's... both of... We're both sorted. Yeah. Um, well, Garrett and... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Imogen aren't. Exactly. And... Uh, aside from that, we have um, the new Noah Baumbach film, which is called While We're Young. And, yeah, that, that uh, looks amazing. Naomi Watts is in that. And uh, there's not much aside from that, so we might have to do Red Light District. Mm. There's a film, Anthony Hopkins film called Kidnapping Freddie Heineken, which is a bit of a random one. That sounds not good. Is there anything uh, at your art house which may be doable next week? At the art houses, give me two seconds. Okay. Kidnapping Freddie Heinigan. Uh, also, Sam Worthington is in this one. Mm -hmm, sorry? Sam Worthington is in Kidnapping Freddie Heinigan. Really? That is absolutely awesome. Along with Jim Sturgis and Ryan Quantum. From Home and Away, just to go back to Home and Away. Ryan Quanton, who, who was just nothing, he's not good on Home and Away, but he was, I thought he was very, very, very funny on True Blood. Yeah, and he's good in a film called uh, The Right Kind of Wrong, which is a romantic comedy. Hmm. Um, not much, frankly, at the art houses. Okay, we hmm. could do Phoenix. Phoenix. I, I messaged you about this. Yeah, I didn't know what you're talking about. Nina Hoss. Ah! Oh, okay. Zeefeld. Is, is, is it on? Petzold. That, that, it's on that one. It's online. Yeah. 
It is. Well, it's got to be done then. It's got to be done. So yep. next week we'll talk about Phoenix. That's good because I'm in America, so I don't have to watch that again. Yeah. Um, and I'm. I guess we'll do Crow. Um, are you vetoing Bone back or? Well, no, no, Bone back. I don't. He's Squid in the Whale. What do you feel about Squid in the Whale? Seven out of ten. Well, that's good for you. It'd be the best film this year. <laughs> 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 and, but, and it's even got Jesse Eisenberg in it. Yeah, that, that's my cast though, with Lenny and uh, Daniels. Daniels, sorry. Different Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you have a jam? Uh, not really. I'm trying to think of one. Um, I think I do. Oh, it's Grimes, and it's called Entropy. Hmm. I have no idea what entropy means. <laughs> It's Russell Crowe's next film. I certainly haven't been shopping for any new shoes. And I certainly haven't been spreading myself around. I still only travel by foot and by foot it's a slow climb But I'm good at being uncomfortable so I can't stop changing all the time I notice that my opponent is always on the go And won't go slow so as not to focus And I notice he'll let you ride with any guide as long as they go fast from whence he came but he's no good at being uncomfortable so he can't stop staying exactly the same if there was a better way to go then it would find me i can't help it the road just rolls out behind me be kind to me or treat me mean i'll make the most of it i'm an extraordinary machine I seem to you to seek a new disaster every day You deem me due to clean my view and be at peace and lay I mean to prove, I mean to move in my own way And say I've been getting along for long before you came into the play I am the baby of the family, it happens so Everybody cares and wears the sheep's clothes while they chaperone. Curious, you're looking down your nose at me while you appease. Courteous to try and help, but let me set your mind at ease. If there was a better way to go, then it would find me. I can't help it, the road just rolls out behind me. Be kind to me. Or treat me mean I'll make the most of it I'm an extraordinary machine
get help with the road just rolls off behind me be kind to me or treat me mean i'll make the most of it i'm an extraordinary machine if there was a better way to go then it would find me i can't help it the road just rolls out behind me be kind to me I treat me mean I make the 